Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is hot in the news, what's new in research, or anything that can help us lose weight, get healthier, or live longer better. Today, I'm going to talk about America's favorite beverage, coffee, because it may help us do all three, lose weight, be healthier, and live longer better. Three quarters of American adults drink coffee, most of us every day. Is it good for us, bad for us, or does it even matter? Should we feel guilty or enjoy a second cup? This is what I thought we wanted to know, and that's why I am going to cover it thoroughly. Of course, remember, we're all different, and there are some conditions, some people that cannot tolerate some compounds in coffee. And in those cases, I say continue to avoid it. Not everything is good for every person. You know who you are. Coffee may not be your friend. Listen to your body. Only eat what loves you back. Of course, you know, I want to start with the potential benefits because I like my Joe, but only before noon because I am a slow metabolizer of caffeine. Like a lot of people, it affects my sleep. But research finds that there are several surprising health benefits for most people with that morning cup of joe. So as long as you keep a few things in mind that I'll cover at the end. But first, I'm going to go into some of the compounds in coffee that are very active in our own biochemistry. You hear me talk about those 25,000 phytonutrients? Well, coffee is just one of the best sources of them in our diet. Some you get from fruits and vegetables, you know, the the colors of the rainbow I always say to eat. But there are some in coffee that have really been found to be some heavy hitters when it comes to the benefits. First are the polyphenols, like chlorogenic acid that is in the green coffee beans, mostly present before roasting. Usually, We only get these in large amounts in supplements because nobody really eats the green coffee beans. But research on chlorogenic acid has been shown that it can help reduce blood pressure, reduce blood glucose, and this is a big one, elevate mood. A small study of elderly individuals found that decaffeinated coffee with high chlorogenic acid content improved the mood. In addition, it even inhibited certain infectious bacteria. Other polyphenols in roasted coffee beans include caffeic acid. Caffeic acid, it's got a lot of things it does. It's an antioxidant, it's anti-inflammatory, has anti-cancer and antiviral properties. Also may help prevent toxicity related to chemotherapy and radiation. Also reduce the likelihood of developing diabetes, reduce exercise-related fatigue, and maybe even it's part of the coffee compounds that help stave off neurodegenerative disease. Research is loving caffeic acid. And caffeic acid, when it changes its structure a little bit, it becomes caffeic acid phenethyl ester, known as CAPE for short. So that also has several actions in the body, including inhibition of DNA methylation. So CAPE can help destroy cancer cells and inhibit cancer cell division. In addition, can cause cells, 
cancerous cells to kill themselves, actually cause apoptosis, which is a wonderful thing um, when you can get a cancer cell to program its own death. So in vitro studies show that caffeic acid even has viral activity. It can work against influenza, herpes simplex, polio, HIV, and even has an effect on the virus that causes T-cell leukemia. Looks works on a lot of different mechanisms that they're studying, but more and more research is going on, and we are just beginning to understand some of these compounds. But you got to agree, it's very interesting. Uh, what they've also found, caffeic acid kind of helps prevent UVB radiation damage in animals, helps prevent stem cell damage in the bone marrow in mice subjected to total body irradiation. Caffeic acid also decreases exercise-induced fatigue. So anybody, any athlete's going to tell you coffee gives them more energy and less fatigue. And we're going to even show how it may improve the um, your times and your exercise potential. But I think one of the most exciting areas in the research of how caffeic acid or CAPE can be useful is in treating neurodegenerative diseases. It is working on the beta amyloid plaque, uh, the neuronal cell damage, as well as death of the damaged cells, and it works on neuroinflammation. And it's been shown to improve learning and memory through increased levels of BDNF. You hear me talk about that a lot in exercise, but that is the brain-derived neurotrophic factor and one of my favorite areas of research. When you can get that brain to be more plastic and, and all those little synapses to grow and stretch, you've got a wonderful thing. So research uh, is excited to study just how caffeic acid may even help slow the progression of many neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and even Pick's disease. Probably not in a cup a day, but it is fascinating how these compounds can be so profoundly active. You know, you can see why I think these 25,000 phytochemicals, we are just beginning to understand how important they are right up there, at least as important as vitamin, minerals, fatty acids, and fiber, you know, especially as we age, eat the rainbow. As, as a side note, this week I gave my clients a challenge. I'm having them count how many different plants they eat in a week. You might want to do this too. Count all the different fruits and vegetables, and then think different teas you can have. Coffee counts, all the herbs count, all the spices count. How many did you get in? Let me know. 30? 50? I'd like to know. There's other phytochemicals in coffee, and some are the alkaloids, the diterpenes, cafestrol, and kawil. These are the actions that they are working on and breaking down fat and increasing fat circulation in the bloodstream so you get more energy. Down regulates inflammation. It also induces apoptosis or cell death in tumor cells, protects the liver, has anti-diabetic properties, and important role in bone remodeling. A lot of good stuff. Another alkaloid, uh, an alkaloid is uh, trigonelline. It reduces blood sugar 
and cholesterol, has anti-tumor properties, neuroprotective. There are so many things. And something else that uh, trigonelline does is it affects the beta cell regeneration in the pancreas. I'll bet they're going to find a lot of that in the Indian herb um, gymnema. That that is being found to help regenerate those beta cells in the pancreas, which is fascinating when it comes to insulin. Okay, so that's some pretty deep stuff. So now let's just study plain old caffeine. Oh, caffeine appears to reduce cardiovascular disease through multiple mechanisms. Probably not just in a cup a day, but over a lifetime, along with a healthy diet and lifestyle, I think it might be really good. Uh, it blocks the LDL, the bad cholesterol receptors, so it kind of takes them out of circulation, can't do any harm. Um, probably the most psychoactive substance used on earth. It promotes wakefulness. Oh, yeah. It blocks the adenosine receptors in the brain. And adenosine is what promotes sleep. It, you know, it's really low when you first wake up in the morning, and then it, it continues to rise all day long. Caffeine blocks it so you don't get sleepy. That's why we, I... Avoid it after noon to prevent trouble sleeping. Other documented health benefits of caffeine, listen to this list. Improvement in mood and behavior, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, slows progression of neurodegenerative disease and liver disease, liver disease of all sorts. Um, Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, hep C, all those. It's very interesting. Um, Substance increases available energy, decreases fatigue, uh, enhances physical, motor, and cognitive performance, increases alertness, wakefulness, feelings of energy, decreases mental fatigue, increases the ability to concentrate and focus attention, enhancing cognitive function. It goes on and on. What's really cool, depression prevention. Those, uh, they did a study, women who drank two to three cups of coffee were 15% less likely to develop depression. And drinking four cups, they were 20% less likely. That was in the archives of internal medicine. Then there was a Harvard study that hundreds of thousands of people, they compared coffee drinkers to non-coffee drinkers. Those drinking up to four cups a day appeared to have half the suicide risk. Kaiser Permanente then did a study of another 100,000 people finding that suicide risk dropped 80% lower with six cups a day. Six cups, whoa, I'd be buzzing, but that's better than being depressed. However, do not put anything in the coffee. No sugars, no artificial sweeteners, nothing. That negates everything, and matter of fact, It can make it worse. The um, National Institute of Health, along with ARP, uh, studied hundreds of thousands of Americans, followed them for years, found that frequent consumption of sweetened beverage, especially diet drinks, increase depression risk among adults, whereas coffee reduced the risk. If you add sugar, much of the benefit of the coffee disappears. If you add equal or sweet and low, the risk for depression goes up. You know, they test various artificial sweeteners, you know, all the same. They modulate brain neurotransmitter, dopamine, and serotonin. So if you suffer from depression, don't do artificial sweeteners. 
But other things with coffee improves memories, may help prevent Parkinson's. Matter of fact, by 25% is what the American Medical Association, that's uh, three cups a day. Then there's an interesting connection between cholesterol and coffee. But, you know, because they've been saying that, that coffee can raise cholesterol levels. Uh, but if you use a paper filter, that little compound gets stuck in the paper. So it does not raise your um, cholesterol. Also, the cholesterol-raising compounds are in the lightest roast. And dark roast has very little. Dark roasting also can wipe out 99.8% of pesticides and 90% of fungal contaminant uh, okra toxin, which is really bad on the kidneys. Uh, comes from mold. Mold and pesticides are probably the biggest drawback of coffee. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, and then here's a popular one. Dark roast, much more effective than light roast in reducing body weight. More than a pound a week drinking the dark roast. So give me the dark roast, less pesticide and fungus, and weight loss. Another one, heartburn. Dark roast suppresses stomach acid secretion, secretion, whereas light roast increases it. So is coffee good for everyone? I guess it depends on how your liver metabolizes it. If you're like me, you're a slow, meti- slow, slow metabolizer, so you need to go slow. Have a big cup and then don't overdo it. If you're a fast metabolizer and the caffeine doesn't bother you, you're probably getting added benefits. That's what they're thinking. So... Population studies, I mean, they just have studied so many things. Um, Lower risk of Parkinson's, prostate cancer, liver cancer, diabetes, liver cirrhosis, less depression among women especially, Uh, overall reduction in mortality. Um, Coffee drinkers live longer than non-coffee drinkers, and mortality um, change bottoms out at about four cups. These are all association. They are not cause and effect. So it's, it's really hard to study food and um, because, you know, nothing is isolated. Nothing lasts forever. Uh, you may eat one thing as a kid and then change and everything else changes in your body. So, you know, associations, we know they go together, but it gets really compli- complicated. So, but it is really good for the liver. It's, they've done so many um, double-blind random control and then they switch them. It's, it's fascinating how they... Um, are looking how it changes. And like with runners, randomized uh, drinking coffee took six seconds off of a mile. Weightlifters squatting weight, 600 pounds more worth in reps. So that's a lot of performance enhancement. Revs up metabolism. May be temporary. You know, once your body gets used to it, it, it kind of levels off. But lowers diabetes risk, increases endurance, thwarts gout, antioxidant booster. You know, there's, there's some people that it does have risk, including anxiety, insomnia, headaches, uh, palpitations. Also, if you overdo it, increase the risk of fracture in women and probably should be avoided in pregnancy. You know, anybody um, that, that is prone to anxiety, drinking too many cups a day, is linked to an extreme stress response with hormones like adrenaline and cortisol going up, that fight-or-flight response. So you, you need to kind of hold off on that, get the decaf or uh, just avoid it altogether. But 
I recommend always drinking organic coffee from unbleached filters. Coffee growers growers use a heck of a lot of pesticides, fungicides, and herbicides. Anything I do every day, I want it to be clean. And I'm also careful not to use coffee makers that have plastic in them. Plastic, when you heat that, it causes it to degrade into the water, which is not healthy. So enjoy your cup of coffee if you like. Don't feel guilty. Maybe green tea is a little better, but you can enjoy both. And then you're going to have even more phytonutrients. It really is about variety and balance. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. If you're looking for a good, organic, dark roast, we have a delicious brand I think you'll enjoy. Have a great day, and remember to take really good care of yourself. Every bite counts.